Expanding our knowledge through those amongst us is a privilege we take for granted. Join me as we explore the minds of our fellow beings to unlock their knowledge for ourselves. It is time for a guest entry. But first, a quick disclaimer. Most of the guests I've had on were recorded through Discord due to us being long distance. If the quality dips, it's due to my connection. But I hope each of these conversations brings you new knowledge of the creative and cultural arts. You all know how much I love tabletop RPGs. And it just so happens, I've come into contact with another developer who has made a rather simplified system inspired from Pokemon. Dicebag Games is an artist, game developer, world builder, and occasional VTuber. His current project is the Creatures Tabletop Roleplaying Game. And actually, the beginner module has just been released. You can check it out and support him at the links found in the description of this episode. With that being said, here is our conversation. Today, I have on a fellow tabletop RPG developer, world builder, and something that I lack, an artist, Dicebag, if you can tell the audience a bit about who you are and what you're working on. Uh, yeah, hey, I'm Dicebag, like you said, artist, game designer, world builder, and occasional VTuber, but that's a minor thing compared to the others. And right now I'm working on a um, tabletop RPG that's heavily inspired by Pokemon called Creatures. And that is spelled with a Y instead of an EA mm-hmm. because we like to be fancy. <laughs> it's actually it's actually a portmanteau of crystal creatures, kind of like pocket monsters. So yeah. that's where that came from. Yeah, I really like that concept. Instead of the... Instead of the- the um pokey the pokeball you have like actual crystals that like the the creatures actually go inside and then the the world building that you that you do with that that, that that's pretty cool I, I like it um <laughs> so let's let's go to the beginning how how did you get on this journey that you're on with like creating a tabletop rpg and like not not just a tabletop rpg but all your games and your your entire world how, how did you start um I mostly started by thinking I could do better than <laughs> what <laughs> what the other guys are doing right that, now. That's that's how that I really. That's how I started too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sometimes, if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself, right? Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. the The main driver for that was Magic: The Gathering. Actually, mm-hmm. I was way into that for a long time, probably more than a decade. And, you know, as things went on, it was hit hard by the whole uh, social justice infiltration, mm-hmm. along with Wizards of the Coast in general. But D&D didn't really feel it until later. Yeah, I know. But you could see it happening I also heard in that, Magic. I also heard that Magic got, like, a huge power creep going on, um, where, like, all the cards... 
basically power creep is is when like new mechanics come out and it just continues to get like overpowered to a point where it breaks the game and then you and then it's like that there's no there's no reason to use the old cards now you're using the new cards because of that yeah there's some of that but i think part of the the problem that i had with magic and the direction it went is that they had a big shift from like having a fairly even spread of power amongst the set Mm -hmm. to shifting like all the power towards the higher rarities. Mm. And ultimately what that means is that most of the cards you're getting out of packs are just completely useless garbage that you're not going to use it outside of anything besides like a limited environment. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't care for. (laughs) (laughs) So you, you all, you also have a uh, a a card game as well too. Yeah, that was that was the um, answer to magic. Mm-hmm. It's it's on the back burner because you know, I'm not super great at marketing and I don't really have a following, but I made it anyways. So I, I'll probably jump I, back into that at some point. Yeah, I, I right did. Now, I not. I did watch the video. Um, the the how-to video for, for that oh yeah i i honestly need to get get onto youtube and and starting to do like how-to videos and and all that stuff because my game is pretty complex a, a, a yeah. lot a lot more complex than what you have your yours is so like so easy just follow the rules and then create a character like that that, that was really good mm-hmm. so so when you started working on creatures y- you were inspired by by pokemon um and you did you have the same like the same feel like you could do better than what pokemon had or or uh to a certain extent yeah but like clearly it's a very different game yeah (laughs) yeah it's a (laughs) like it's not a it's not a video game yeah (laughs) but it's also I guess I've I've had other ideas for um, tabletop RPGs floating around, mm-hmm. and this is kind of the one that I felt like I could make work. And it was it happened to be around the time where, you know, um, Sword and Shield were coming out for Pokemon, oh, and that yeah. was a massive letdown. So that really drove me to say, okay, it's time to do creatures. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I I haven't played a Pokemon game since since like the DS was out, mm. um, and then and then the Switch came out, and I never got a Switch. So like all the Pokemon games came came out on Switch, and I just see people playing them. So I I I have no idea how Pokemon is now. I I know I know the newest one just came out the the Legends one with with Arceus, right? Yeah. Did did that... you did you play that one? Yeah, I streamed it a couple times actually. Um yeah, I actually totally skipped the Switch up until like this year mm-hmm. because of that game coming out. And they also made a remake of Gen 4. Mm. But yeah, that was the driving force between me getting a Switch. I didn't care about the last generation enough to actually buy a whole new console. Yeah. Yeah. So let let let's go on to creatures. Yeah. 
the world that that you've created for it. Um, can you kind of dive into it a little bit? What, what what's it called, and like how to do, how does like the whole mythology behind like the creatures work and all that? Oh, okay. I don't really have a name for it specifically. I have I have a hard time naming things like that. But uh, as far as the mythology, Feel- I want to keep it a little bit vague. Okay. But I kind of have a general idea of where things came from. Mm-hmm. And I guess the gist of the thing is that it's almost like post-apocalyptic in a way. But not in the sense of, like, it's a desert wasteland or something. It's something that's had, you know, like, massive natural catastrophes happen to it. Mm-hmm. And being in a um, a magical world, most of those things are leaving, like, after effects that are magical. And that, over time, is what caused the the creation of these magical creatures, basically. Mm-hmm. That's the basic gist of how the world came to be. And so what, what, what does, so you, you all, you have, you have the world, um, and then all, all the people, this like the small, like towns and societies, you have like one specific town. I know, um, I have it right here. Uh, root run root run yes yes that that name reminds me just like uh, of pokemon <laughs> yeah it, it's supposed to yeah <laughs> it's yeah it's basically conceived of as like the pallet town mm-hmm. of the game it's a smaller place that you can start out but and then you also have you also have ancient ruins like that have like been like what were once were once city, like cities, and then I'm, I'm sure they're probably they were devastated by natural disasters. Right, those are a big feature of the thing because, like I said, the the past is kind of vague, so it's meant to leave room for people to kind of create their own things, mm-hmm. and that's all. That's for I the, expect to have the, kind of um um I don't know, kind of like different civilizations that all build up that were that people can explore from the past mm-hmm. that's kind of a future thing i'd like to do i'm not super deep into that right now so when uh you're mainly focused on on root run and try, trying to develop that and then the actual uh, beginner module for creatures the the t- the t- tabletop role-playing game itself Right, that's the main focus. I'm trying to get things, get a baseline of the actual mechanical game built up before I really get too deep into the actual, um, like, what things exist where and all that. Mm-hmm. So... So your your whole process is you're you're developing the game mostly first, and then you're going to build build on top of it, right? Yeah. So like I I did that. Well, I I started out making my my game first, and then I built mm-hmm. on top of it. But then I realized like my my universe is a bit like it's a bit more complex, and there's like 
a lot of moving pieces. So what I wanted to do was I wanted to like make a foundation for like people to explore, like kind of learn about the universe and then, and then enter inside it through the game itself. So I'm kind of going the opposite route as you in in a way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. um... Uh, Hold on. Can you still hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can. Okay. Discord looked like it froze for a second. Yeah, dis- <laughs> Anyways, Discord uh, is, is a pain for me sometimes. <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, I'm kind of trying to leave things open for, you know, future dungeon masters and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. I don't like to f- keep things really specific in the world building other than, like, the general rules that the world abides by. Mm -hmm. And how does a... So, how how does your game, the the actual mechanics kind of... Like, which which mechanics kind of dive into the actual actual world that that you're playing in? So, like, for example, if you have, like, uh, D&D, for example, there's spell... There's all the spells that are, are mechanically heavy... But then they mm-hmm. they transfer over to the actual world, and and people like the characters would know what kind of spell you're using, like the different spell books and the different classes and all that stuff. How how, how does that transfer over in your game? Uh, well, that's hard to say. We don't. It doesn't have really spells in that way. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, if you, people are using magic like that, it's through some kind of a magical implement or artifact or something. So, basically, people will use wands and staves like uh, guns and rifles, mm-hmm. effectively. And then a lot of that is... It's kind of built up through using the essences of creatures to forge these artifacts and stuff. Mm. And then a lot of it is kind of rediscovered technology from these ancient civilizations too. Mm. So when, uh, so when you say the the essences of a, of a creature, you're talking about when, uh, when you fight a creature and, and you kill it, you kind of get the essence of it or do, do you, right. do you kill creatures inside your universe? Like, are they like, or, is it more of you know they don't they don't necessarily die? I'm not, I'm yeah, not, they die. They die. They die. <laughs> um, they die. <laughs> but it's the the in world like metaphysics of it, I guess, is basically like the creatures are very unstable. Mm. So when they die, they basically turn into goo, mm. and then their their kind of immaterial part of them just kind of goes back into the general spiritual environment, I guess. It becomes and one with kind of like own. a, yeah, kind of like a reincarnation type of thing. Mm. And it's, a, that's kind of a way I'm distinguishing, making a distinguishment between uh, creatures and humans is that they are more like recycled elements of the universe while humans are actually unique individuals with unique souls 
Mm-hmm. And I haven't really implemented that in the game a whole lot, but it's kind of there in the undercurrent of what's going on. So how many creatures have you had made so far? Uh, <laughs> let me get my folder open. <laughs> I know uh, you, you have some great art. Like I, I, I enjoy seeing what like what new creature you're gonna you're gonna pop out like on on mines whenever go, go onto your page. Yeah, it's it's a uh, pretty fun to come up with things. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's sort this by type. You also have plant creatures too. Yeah. Um, let's see. Ooh. Looks like I got sixty-one drawn up. Nice. Wow. There's, there's probably there's definitely more that I haven't fully, you know, drawn up and all that. But we'll get to those later. And I like to have like a a full evolutionary line for yeah. each type are, from are, the very beginning. Are there mainly three evolutions inside in, inside yours? Or how many evolutions uh, typically? It's basically like Pokemon. Okay. Like three is kind of your main mm-hmm. good creatures will have three. But then we've also got like various levels of others we got some that are just two i don't know if i've made an actual standalone creature yet would those be like legendary legendaries yeah i do have a couple of uh mythic creatures i guess those would count Mm. Mm -hmm. and you also you also play test your game on on youtube as well yeah I do a stream with um, some of my friends every once in a while. Mm -hmm. haven't done one for a while because I've been... Working. You know, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) I've been making other adventures. Yes. (laughs) Not for them. Well, I'm excited to to test it out. Like, when I I was making the character, it's very... It's very... uh, I always forget my my word. Uh, (laughs) um, Me too, join the club. Yeah. Uh, but but it, it, it's very just streamlined a, a streamlined process. It's it's very just easy to to handle. A lot easier than mine. Like yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm very big on trying to keep things streamlined and yeah. simple as simple as they can be for a tabletop RPG. Mm-hmm. You can always and also I I feel like. I feel like that's good for for the type of game that you're that you're also making because it's like a it it's kind of like Pokemon where like you you want it to be you, you could actually market this to to a younger audience too and yeah. and ha- and have it like be easily playable by by kids in like middle school too. Yeah, that's kind of part of the intention. And and the, there's the, also yeah, because like the, the mathematics in it is is a lot, a lot easier than mine. My mine is probably like a high school level game, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people who like math who, who who don't like math would hate my game. 
uh, I'll have to take a look at yours a little deeper sometime. I've seen some of it, but I haven't really. Yeah, I I haven't like really full on released much of the mechanics. Uh, I'm I'm working on a way to streamline the process more so. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I'm kind of, kind of been beta testing recently, and it's like in an online version, so you don't have to buy like a book, a huge two hundred plus page page book. So that's gonna be yeah. nice. That's that's gonna be nice. I want to release a physical book sometime of mine. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, I feel like your, your your book would be pretty. Like it, it, it wouldn't be too thick. It would be, it'd be nice and easy to just kind of move through it and, and read through it. Uh, the, the basic rules would be pretty thin, I think. But yeah, um, yeah. I think the most of it is creatures. <laughs> yeah. Well, are you are you playing? Are, are you going to make car- cards for your creatures? Maybe. I mean, it kind of depends on what I have time to do. But mm-hmm. are, unless you're talking about like an actual card game. I I wouldn't say a card game. I'd probably say like just cards, so that people can like instead of trying to shuffle through through a book to find which creature you yeah, want to use reference cards. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then, I'd probably have something like that. In fact, I already have kind of that already mm-hmm. with the little I don't know images I've been posting. I had to kind of stream like that. Streamline that when I was a. Uh, getting on Instagram and putting stuff on there. <laughs> you have to fit everything into a square. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, Instagram can be a pain. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, mine it, it isn't, like, the best either. Ho- hopefully they start <laughs> adding, like, mul- multiple images per post because I know that's that's annoying for most artists. Oh, for mines? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> mines is crippled by its own inability to do things. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's so good at what it does, but there's a lot of things it doesn't do. So, uh, yeah. would you be willing to go through kind of like the character creation process in this podcast? Uh sure. So, let's see. Let me get my document up. There it is. There we go. So, yeah, this... The general mechanics and the character creation were kind of heavily borrowed from World of Darkness. So, if anyone's played that, they'll probably be fairly familiar with how things work out. We simplified it kind of to a certain extent. They have like, I don't know, like nine different stats for you to base your character on, which is insane. Yeah, I, I usually just stick to the to the six. <laughs> uh, I went down to four. Yeah, myself. yeah, it, it, it's actually, <laughs> it's much easier that way. <laughs> yeah, so anyways... You start out with your talents, which are basically your natural aptitudes. Mm -hmm. And what you'll have is they're ranked from one to five. Everybody starts with one. And then you'll have like eight points to spend amongst the rest of them, Mm -hmm. amongst uh, fitness, agility, intellect, and sense. And so you can get 
threes straight across the board. You can go like uh, two, two, three, five, or something like that. Mm-hmm. So you have a lot of room to play with it. And uh, once you get those figured out, you'll uh, determine um, all your other little bonuses and stuff, like your health, your mana, your stamina, deflection, evasion, speed, initiative, your experience. That's all based on those basic talents. Mm. So then um, those are all calculated in pretty simple terms, mostly just two stats added together. But then we get some of them that's like health is 20 plus fitness times five. That's the most complex it probably gets. Hmm. Well, except starting experience. <laughs> That's 500 plus open parentheses, sense plus intellect, close parentheses, times 50. That's probably the most complex calculation in the entire game. Yeah, yeah. And it's still basic math. Yeah. <laughs> PEMDAS. <laughs> it's, it's PEMDAS. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Next up, you'll have all your starting experience. Actually, now we don't use the starting experience yet. First, you get to pick out skills. So, it's a pretty simple thing. Again, you pick one skill to be like your best skill, and it starts at three level three. And, of course, they go on a rank of one to five, just like the talents. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much how everything is. Then after you get that one, you'll pick two skills that will be at level two. And then you'll have three skills that are at level three. Level so one. Basically, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Getting my words mixed up. So that that's your basically your starting spread of what your character is like. And then, of course, the skills you've got. Athletics for, you know, like your physical general activity. And you've got binding, which is basically your ability to handle creatures and conjuring them and binding them, of course. It affects your ability to actually capture the creatures as well as your ability to control them if they um, start to not like you, Mm -hmm. which can happen in the game. Then you've got healing, which basically helps you deal with injuries that you come across during your adventures. Mm -hmm. In history, of course, uh, there's lots of, you know, ancient civilization stuff and all that, so history is an important thing. Inquiry is just a general thing for kind of uh, being able to get information out of people. Mm. So either through, you know, tricking them into saying things or just chatting them up and getting their loose tongue or intimidating them, whatever. That's all under inquiry. And then the particular nuance of how you would do these things would be covered by which talent is combined with the skill. Then we got legitimate. Just a sleight of hand, your ability to do things like distractions and pickpocketing magic tricks and stuff like that. Yeah. 
Then there's magic, which is basically... I used to have this actually split into, like, two skills. There was magic and then arcana. Mm. And magic was the... um, Basically, your ability to use magic weapons, like staves and wands and stuff. And then arcana was your general knowledge of magic, but I felt like that was too much too specific for it so i wrapped those both into magic as the skill right now mm-hmm. so that's interesting that has your ability to you know fight with magic weapons and also your understanding of magic in general then the next one is mechanics so a lot of the ancient civilizations had some level of mechanical technology so you'll be able to manipulate that with mechanics and it also handles stuff like um, lock picking and whatnot. Hmm. Then there's melee, obviously for melee weapons. And then to go along with the uh, magic skill, the way it has like a secondary non-combat application, I've decided that melee is also used whenever you need to kind of apply force to something. Hmm. So if you need to break down a door or something, you'll use your melee skill for that. Then we got observation. That's kind of like see. perception, right? Right. It's your ability just to notice things. So if somebody's telling a lie, that's an observation check. If there's something small that you need to see, that's an observation check. So then you got persuasion, which kind of the opposite of inquiry. Instead of getting information out of people, you're trying to get information into people, make them believe something that may or may not be true. And you you can do that with subterfuge or arguments or intimidation depending on what talent you want to apply to that. That's an interesting concept. eh? So then there's the range skill, which obviously uh, your ranged weapons. And of course, if you need to like just chuck something, that's going to be a ranged ranged roll Mm -hmm. to make sure you hit what you intend to. And reflexes. I haven't found a whole lot of like use for reflexes yet but it's important in that it adds to your initiative yeah there's always that one there's always that one skill that like people don't use all the time but it's like that like for those specific moments Mm -hmm. i'm i'm trying to work ways into the game to use it on this um beginner module too and um i guess the best way to use it is for like um avoiding like traps and stuff like that mm-hmm. which i guess i partly don't use a lot because i just don't find traps to be uh reasonable most of the time <laughs> but that's, i mean uh, that's you, a whole nother conversation you could, <laughs> you could have it be like where like a creature comes to attack them and one of one of the creatures abilities causes them to have to roll in a reflex like check kind of thing uh i tend to think that's covered by the uh, defenses uh mechanism 
because whenever you roll an attack, you're hitting a target which represents their defenses, which would be deflection or evasion, mm. depending on if it's like, you know, physical or magical, basically. Mm. But anyways, next one is stealth. Just generally your ability to avoid being noticed. And of course, you're going to be using that a lot if you're out in dangerous territory with uh, wild creatures everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and then survival. Just your ability to find necessities in the wild, like food, water, shelter, firewood. And then your ability to just get around and know where you're going. And then last but not least, you got zoology. That's just your general knowledge of creatures and how they work hmm. and how they behave. So, yeah, that's the skills. That took a lot longer to read through than I expected. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you have, you, have, you have less than me, so don't, don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, after that, you get to spend your starting experience finally. And you can spend that on your... Um, buying new skill levels, of course, but you also have abilities, which you can buy, which are kind of like feats in Dungeons & Dragons, yeah. maybe. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the equivalent. But of course, they're ranked from 1 to 5, but they also are not fully all 1 to 5, mm -hmm. and some of them actually start at like 2 or 3. And you don't have, so a, you don't have a class system or anything like that. Uh, not for characters, but for but for creatures specifically. For creatures, yeah. Okay. Like the thing is, classes are kind of a very modular concept in here. Mm -hmm. I might actually come out with classes for characters at some point, but I don't really feel that feel, it's a core thing. I feel that like needs I, to be in the game. I feel like if they if they were classes for characters, it would be like more like build types. Like how, like how you might want to build a character yeah. to, to be a specific way in in the world kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I thought maybe classes would, well, they'd probably just be modeled after the creature classes in that they have certain combat powers that they get along oh, the way. That would be cool. That'd and be cool. then some flat bonuses. Yeah. But... That's definitely something for later on down the road. And it might step on the toes of abilities too much. Yeah. Or maybe I'll just make them abilities. Could be either way. But anyways, you got stuff like armor proficiency, which reduces the amount of your carrying capacity that your armor counts against. You got fast healing, reduces the time you heal from energies. You can increase your mana and your stamina, things like that. We got a few that can um, give you actual combat abilities. And then there's other things like, um, let's see. You got one that lets you summon a creature as a minor action instead of a major action. So there's a lot of little ways to customize your characters, and I'm definitely going to be making more of them as it goes on. Mm-hmm. Because there's so many little mechanical niches you can work out later on in the system, especially this complex. 
And of course, there's professions that I intend to have, but they're very beta right now. <laughs> or maybe even alpha. <laughs> this is going to be the crafting oh, of the okay. game. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not entirely sure how I want it to work or how I can manage the resources properly. Mm-hmm. It's going to take a lot of a uh, trial and error. You got to figure out the economy of the game too. Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah. I feel like I feel like also like when you're doing like economy it, it is based off of the the game master too and how, and how That's definitely a big thing. Yeah, and how, and how they might want to do it and they they can decide whether or not it's going to be like it's more expensive or or it's less expensive based off of where they're starting and all that stuff. All the new mm. all the nuanced perspective, you know. Yeah, that's one of the kind of tricks about dealing with tabletop RPGs is that there's so much uh, house ruling and hand waving and mm-hmm. you know people doing things their own way that it's kind of like oh okay I can make all these rules but are people going to follow them yeah yeah <laughs> it's more like you you set you set up you set up the, the structure and then you you say like okay practically every rule is optional at a certain point, but then at that point you, mm-hmm. you're going to end up wanting to just build your own system. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like having, having the system there and then, and then tweaking, tweaking the rules based off of the, the table and having a general consensus there is, is nice. Yeah. I think my basic philosophy with that is just to kind of, if something could be abused, I make a rule for it. And then if people want to follow that rule, then that's what they do. Then if somebody tries to abuse the lack of the rule, then, well, you've got a rule. You can just obey the rule (laughs) and no abuse, (laughs) supposedly. (laughs) I, I, what I, what I like doing. So because my system is so complex, there's like, there's, parts of it where i don't necessarily say like i i don't make a rule against something i i allow something to happen so that people can potentially break the game but that's only if they can find find how to do it and so far no one no one has has found out like the best ways to truly create the character inside my game because it's so there's so many moving pieces that it's hard to find what like what is going on? I mean, it, my game isn't like isn't like crazy complex when you when you actually play it. Like it, it's complex when you build the character because there's so many options that you could choose from. But when you mm-hmm. when you play the game, it's 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 like pl- you're playing D and D kind of situation. You'll you'll have more mm-hmm. you'll have more choices to choose from, but like you're not you're not like having to do oh, one role for this and then. And then multiple things for this and, and 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 all that stuff. It's more the 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 difficulty is more so on on the game master than the actual players. I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had an idea in my head and I completely forgot it. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was while you were talking that came to me. Yeah, and uh, 
Let's see what. Oh, what was it? <laughs> uh, I don't know. You might have to give me the entire spiel again before it comes back. <laughs> um, oh, what was it? I'm starting to forget what you were just talking about. Oh, oh I... uh, the, dif- <laughs> the difficulty of all the moving parts and the interactions and stuff like that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. That that's a actually a big thing in card games is the ability to like exploit certain rules. Mm-hmm. And being that from where I came out of, a lot of the creatures mechanics are based on card game design. Mm-hmm like exception based design is what they call it. So you've got you like your basic streamlined rules and then like each piece of the game like has a little way to break the rules, the basic rules. And then those kind of become rules unto themselves. Mm. So that's the general design philosophy I'm following, and it allows for a lot of unusual interactions. And frankly, I'm not sure if um, the players I'm testing with have the experience to make use of that. So it, oh, yeah. I kind of wonder if I might have broken the game already and not know about it because because the players <laughs> have have yeah that that's that's like the that's the hard part is like. You need to find players who will literally test your the boundaries of the game. And yeah, <laughs> I mean, I've 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 had those players, and like there was one time, um, I had a, like a it was a previous iteration of my game, like before I even had this this game. But like my game is all about like power and all that stuff because it's re- reborn in power. But like it, it was all about power before, and like basically you could you could choose whatever power you wanted and like you'd have like you'd have like a superpower or something like that and mm-hmm. you would use it and then my brother comes to play and he's like okay so i can have any power i want okay uh i want um omniscience <laughs> and then i'm like okay and then he he's like I, i'm just gonna create this and then i'm gonna do this and then i'm I, and i just beat the game like Okay, well now I have to now I have to actually like put like limitations on you. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Well, if you're gonna not have fun, <laughs> I mean the the point. Yes, yes, I get like I I get wanting to have like the most power in the game and like and like you know min max your character so that you're just like super powerful and you can just just defeat everyone. But then. At that point, you're not really having any fun because you're not progressing and you're not you're not fighting facing off against some kind of threat that's actually going to kill your character. You're just mm-hmm. you're kind of just you're basically one punch man. Yeah. <laughs> you go that's, bald. <laughs> that's kind of something I'm struggling to implement in the game is like um basically incentivizing people to build their characters in ways that aren't just, like, straight min-maxing. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's one thing, like, I have the, um... Uh, where is it? I think it was called a Specialist. The Specialist Ability. Which, basically, it, um... It lets you specialize in a type of creature, and it kind of encourages you to stick 
more to a single type Mm -hmm. rather than just picking and choosing what's optimal for whatever encounter you have like like you get bonuses for having that specific creature rather than having other kind of creatures you'd get bonuses for narrowing your focus rather than being a jack of all trades Mm -hmm. and there's also the mechanic i have of training your creatures together that also kind of encourages that because the whole gist of that is if you have different creatures that all share the same class, they can kind of train each other up rather than having you spend your experience to train each one individually. Mm. So it's almost like your character is the one who has the class levels and those are imparted to the creatures, but it's not really how it works in game, but that's kind of the general idea. Making me want to so really play cool. now. What's that? You're making me want to play it now. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. The general idea is for people to encourage specialization, like the kind of trope you'd see in Pokemon. Yeah. Where you, know, you have a gym leader and they specialize in one type. And it's like, well, why would they do that? There's no reason to do that in Pokemon. It only makes sense to have a diverse team so you can cover all your bases. So I wanted to counter that and create something that encourages those themed characters. And yeah. I'm doing that with things like the specialist ability and it's like they complement the training each other. Rules. Like, right. Because like in Pokemon games, you, you there, there's times where you could play with two with two, uh, like two Pokemon if like you're you're facing like a two two people and you know how like you you'll run up they'll they'll stop you and then there's two two people on each side of you and you have to fight both them both mm-hmm. um yeah and like those are the only times i feel like you can actually maybe like cooperate like have your have your pokemon cooperate with one another but then the the different types of pokemon you have to have like a water type versus a fire type and then an earth type versus a yeah yeah like an air type or something like that um I don't. I don't. That, that's the other way. Wait, yeah. that, that's the right way, right? <laughs> that's how the types uh, work. <laughs> I don't remember. It don't matter. <laughs> but um, but yeah, like it, it. It makes it makes sense to have them like complement each other for like when when you have like multiple characters, and also it it works better inside tabletop RPGs rather than actual like video games because like video games feels more like you you need to have. It's like sometimes the system doesn't doesn't transfer over as 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 well from a tabletop to like a, a video game i mean sometimes it does so yeah um yeah the transform the transference from video game to tabletop rpg is a big driver yeah. in a lot of the changes i had to make because things have to make sense in yeah. the world yeah because the, the whole point of a tabletop RPG is that you can just do whatever. Right? Yeah, yeah. So And you uh, have to work around that because the, the Pokemon thing is based on a very particular system. Mm-hmm. You have one Pokemon that goes against another Pokemon, and they fight. If you want to get another Pokemon out, you take the one Pokemon back and you send out a different Pokemon. 
Do you do do you do that in creatures or or is there like oh like just just have at it throw out all your all your creatures and see what happens? That's the thing. I had to come up with ways to put limitations on it. Yeah. <laughs> because in Pokemon there's no reason for that limitation except the game engine. Uh-huh. It's literally just oh it's like the memes where the 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 video game just doesn't make sense in real life. Mm-hmm. Like you have to make it make sense in a tabletop RPG. And so, yeah, I've put the um, like the capacity rules in in creatures so you can't just have your entire collection of po- or creatures available to you at all the time you have to attune them and you can only attune a certain amount maxes out at four when you have the maximum capacity ability mm-hmm. so and also you have to wonder well what if somebody tries to do it anyways i actually spent quite a bit of time last night writing up new rules to cover those things mm-hmm. let's see yeah i, I, uh, I... I know, I know how that feels when, like, when you have to like go back and be like, "crap, I need to change." Yeah, these when rules. you <laughs> or when like, you just you're looking at something and you realize, wait, what if they just don't follow the rules? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but and then it's like, oh, do I have a rule for that? Do I have a rule if they don't follow the rules? <laughs> <laughs> because what's stopping them from breaking the rules? Really, you yeah. have to build something into the game. So, yeah, we have the capacity thing, but then, you know, what if somebody just grabs a crystal for a creature that they don't have attuned to them and summons it? Well, I decided, well, if if you're not attuned to the creature, then it's basically, like, it's brain damaged. It's oh. it, it doesn't function properly. It's not going to do what you tell it. Its, it's eyes are swirling. Stand, it's going to stand around in a daze because you didn't properly <laughs> attune yourself between the the astral plane as a conduit to the physical being of the creature. So for you know, for, lore, for lore reasons, sucks to be you. <laughs> you tried to break the rules, but I, I have a rule for that. <laughs> So, yeah, and then there's the idea, what if, you know, if they have multiple creatures attuned, then what if they try to summon more than one? And I've decided, yeah, you can do that, but it costs you mana whenever you summon one beyond the first. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can you can just go whole hog and throw out all four of your creatures in one battle, but it's going to use up a limited resource. And mana is probably the most limited resource because you got to sleep to get that back. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah, I, I want to, I want to play now, dude. <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh, um. So when 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 are you expecting to have your your beginner module accessible for players to? look through and potentially start their own little adventures. I should be finishing up that weekend. Um, Set the deadline at 2-22-2022. Nice, nice. For for memes, mostly. (laughs) Apparently it also has astrological significance, but uh, I didn't know about (laughs) that at the time. But fingers crossed that that's 
that has an effect. Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> it'll be the day that the creatures are born. Yes. <laughs> um. So, so how is your rolling system like? The rolling system. Uh, it's a lot like World of Darkness again. I lifted a lot of the dice mechanics from that, but it's a little more complicated. Like in World of Darkness, what you do is you roll. You'll combine your like your skills and your stats, and that'll give you a dice pool. Mm. So you'll have multiple d10s that you roll. Just like throw out a handful of them, which is you know it's a very fun mechanic just to grab a handful of d10s and roll them all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, and then I have that same thing inside my game, but for like for like my abilities. How how it works is like you spend a specific t- amount of energy, and then you get based off the amount that you spend, you get a specific amount of dice. Uh, that mm-hmm. is that is corresponding to the rank of the ability that you have. So if it, if you have if if you have like a rank three, it uses d eight, and you can like you can spend up to twenty energy, and so like you can spend five, ten, fifteen, or twenty, and then you'll get four d eight mm-hmm. max. And you can roll four d eight, and then when you rank up to all the way to rank five, it would be six d twelve. You can you can roll, <laughs> so mm-hmm. you could have like a full thing. Uh, just go, go at it. Sometimes that does slow down combat, so I I made a combat system so that it like it speeds up combat, so it's but that players can go at the same time and and all that stuff. Um, but I mean, the, the people who like. So, a lot of people don't necessarily use many abilities unless you are literally like an ability user. Like you're like that kinetic. You use kinetics, and you're like a, a you use go into a kinetic state. And you, mm-hmm. you blast people with like energy and, and all that stuff. But yeah, right. Sorry. So it's like a distinction between like D and D with the um, spell based classes and yeah, yeah. more physical basic attack type of things yeah but i i I made my system like so open that that any any even even if you're even if you are a like like your your character is a physical like you you mainly just use physical uh, Mm -hmm. stats you can still end up learning new abilities um you don't there's no limitation to it so like it's like multi-classing on on the extreme level and it's all modular um, right. Yeah. But anyways, back to you. I do like the modularity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, what was I talking about? The dice. Uh, the, yeah, the, the uh, dice pools. So, sorry, you got. <laughs> yeah. So you'll you'll have your handful of d10s and roll them all, and then each um. How how do you determine each roll you make? How do you determine how many how many dice you have in a pool? Uh, that will be a combination of two different stats, usually like a talent and a skill. Okay. So if you're if you're using like a a long sword or something, you'll roll fitness plus melee, and that's your the combination of those is the amount of dice in the pool. So if you and had then, like melee five and fitness five, would you roll ten ten d ten? What? Ha, ha. Right. Oh, okay. Ten d ten. Now that's that's a min max build, right? There. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like peak of human performance. <laughs> but then I guess you there are little bonuses you can do to get more dice even beyond and, that. And 
And then um, when it when it comes to like on, on the game uh, on the GM side for that, when 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 let's say a player were to, were to roll were to roll that, um, how do you determine like whether it's a success or a failure? Okay, for um, for skills and stuff, um, each one has like a target number to register a success, mm-hmm. and that just kind of depends on how difficult the actual thing is. Kind of like a you're D- gonna have. like like a DC system. Yeah, kind of. Each one, like each thing, will have kind of a difficulty and then a complexity. Mm. So. Difficulty is like how you know how high you need to roll for each die, and then complexity is like how many times you need to hit that the difficulty. Oh, so you might have That's something with like a, a difficulty of four, and you have to have like or, a, most of the dice, like like a certain amount of the dice that you have that you have rolling to hit four or higher, right? Kind kind of thing. Yeah, well, actually, usually we don't go to as low as four with difficulty. But uh, let's say (laughs) difficulty seven and then uh, complexity of like three. So you'll make your dice pool and roll it. And you have to have three sevens. You got to get three sevens or higher. That's cool. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. I like that. It it opens up a little bit of. it, uh, wh- what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> design space, I guess. It opens up design space. Yeah. So in the beginner module, let me bring this up, and I have some example. But a lot of it is just example um, skill checks and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So you've got some where... It only has the complexity of one, but then if you have multiple successes beyond the one, you get additional bonuses. Then you've got others where it's like a cumulative thing, so it might be like a complexity of four. But if you fail to hit it the first time, you can keep trying and trying, and that cumulatively represents like eventually you're going to get it, but it's going to take you time. So there's a lot of little ways you can frame the the little skill challenges in the mechanical sense. Mm. And that I don't know how well that's going to fly go on the fly when people just need to like make something up, but I think once people are familiar with it, it's not that hard to kind of come up with off the top of your head. I'm I'm sure I'm I'm sure it'll be, it'll be simple enough. Like honestly, the 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 concept of, of that 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 system is is taken from the the other um the other game that what was it called World of Darkness. World of, World of Darkness, right? That that kind of like um. What what's what, I think? How do you, how did you tweak it? I think the old World of Darkness used a difficulty system. Hmm. But the newer editions just have it as straight like eight, nine, and ten are successes all the time. Mm. And then they just count those up, and then the amount of successes you hit depends on how well you do. It's very, it's a lot more freeform. 
Yeah, uh, World of Darkness is kind of a pretentious game, honestly. <laughs> it's it, like it's made by like theater kids and stuff. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> it, it's very gothy and all that. Uh, it's like it's Vampire the Masquerade. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Werewolf and stuff like that. So, you know, you get a lot of hipsters and beatniks playing it. And it's kind of geared for that kind of crowd. But I've kind of taken that and made it more more crunchy. I honestly like like your system better than than how that would probably play out. I I, I like the concept of it being like you you set a, you set an amount of of dice that need to that need to roll roll a specific number in order to mm-hmm. in order to succeed. I, I I like that concept. I I think that's just because I like I like complexity in, in games. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, it I have found that it's kind of hard to predict exactly how difficult a role will be that way but you know it's kind of fun but so do you have do you have like a chart do you have have a chart that you've made for it like like let's say like a a a very easy check would be this amount this amount of dice succeeding on on this number kind of thing no but i really should yeah i I feel like that would be like a, a good thing to have for uh for GMs, ju- I just, need like an just entire as a spreadsheet that goes for like the <laughs> probability of how many dice you have, how high the difficulty is, how the high the, it's the most complex is. part of the game is <laughs> just the spreadsheet, <laughs> just so I can be informed on how how likely it is for certain characters to succeed at certain things. You have like statisticians coming in being like, I'm sorry, but you, you, you got this, you got this wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> if I can get the calculations, it wouldn't be that difficult. No, it wouldn't. You can I, just I, input I that so. into the spreadsheet and you're good to go. Computer handles the rest. But um, let's see. Also the things in combat, the dice rolls work slightly differently. Hmm. Um, one of the things I've done is basically give a flat amount of damage in like the hit descriptions for like for but, the specific like weapons, right? Right. So each power or weapon or anything that makes an attack for each hit that you score against an enemy, then it will do a flat amount of damage, but that scales with each hit you do Mm. so the standard is like three damage per hit yeah so if you make one hit you'll deal three if you make 10 hits then you deal 30 now that's really high yeah (laughs) but uh that's the general gist but one of my players did like 75 points of damage the the other day so (laughs) yeah i but then again like health health is pretty high like at at late game when when you can do that kind of stuff so yeah, uh, yeah. That's kind of a th- that's something I came up with to kind of streamline the combat. Yeah, because not not only in like D and D, not only are you making a roll to hit the guy after you decide whether you hit or not, you have to make the damage roll and all that. But with this system, it's basically just one roll, one roll for everything. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I, I had. When I was making my system, I was trying to figure out whether or not I should do like just a 
a base damage amount kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the issue like with that it like it it kind of for my system it it just makes it so makes it more i, I wouldn't say difficult it just ma- it, it's it's not it's not difficult it's more just it it doesn't allow you to do as much to like it it, it basically when you have when you have a high level character and then facing off against like a, a lower level creature i've 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 found the balance to where like the low level creature can still actually handle high level high level characters if 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 they play their cards right mm-hmm. and uh if i had it like just base damage they they would be wiped wiped like clean right off the bat and also how how i do my armor system is like is very because armor in my in my game has actual stats to it, so it actually mm-hmm. makes it very important to have armor. And then so I do it like so like you know how like armor class works in in D anD D where like you you roll to hit, and then if you if you get mm-hmm. get that number or higher, then you actually damage them, and if you don't, then you miss. Um, right. But in my game, I have it to where when you roll when you roll for damage. If the damage is equals the armor rating or higher, then you actually damage the the creature. But if you if you don't roll higher than higher than the armor rating, then you damage the armor, and the armor takes just just a few points of damage to its threshold. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's definitely more complex than mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like the the thing I like about the way I did it. Is that the whole rolling multiple dice for just everything, it allows you to get that like scaling of damage. So there's kind of a surprise element to it. Mm. Even if it's just a flat number in the description. Yeah, because then you can have like multiple hits and then you don't know how many hits you're gonna actually be able to get until like uh, until everything's calculated at the end. Right, right. So, your so, system actually uh, it reminds me of Battle Brothers. Actually, you ever heard of that one? I have not heard of that one. Oh, that's um, that's an indie uh, video game. Mm. That's very uh, I don't know. It's almost like a tabletop game, but it's kind of like Baldur's Gate. Uh, loose sense. Mm. It's very, it's kind of what you'd call like a roguelike, I guess. It has roguelike elements, mm. but it's basically the idea that you're managing a company of mercenaries in like a medieval style world. Mm. And they have, um, yeah, they have a system where like your armor is tracked on a separate, um, as a separate, like a, health system yeah yeah so you so you you might have like weapons that can ignore armor and go straight through and just deal damage straight to hit points yeah that, and then you might have some that are more effective against armor some that are less effective against armor yeah that's basically like, that's basically my system <laughs> right right <laughs> and i like that 
as long as I'm not the one having to do the math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a very good game, but I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to deal with the mechanics all the time in my head. Yeah, I, I, I try to. I, I'm trying to. I'm trying to figure out a, a better way to do it. I'm, 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 like kind of like trying to figure out if there's a, a more streamlined way to do it. Um, mm-hmm. but I'm. I, I also. My my whole thing was uh, I want I want armor to matter inside the game, uh, yeah. ra- rather in the, like ra- rather than like how how in D and D it feels like it like you have armor on like you let's say you have like armor on but it, it even then creatures can have like a plus ten to to hit and and it's like you you buy plate armor you're you have like a twenty twenty AC they're they're rolling like twenty five and above. Basically, every time you're just like, "Oh crap! What, what, what am I supposed yeah. to do?" <laughs> it's like you don't actually have protection if they can just score a hit all the time. Yeah, yeah. So that that's that's why I wanted like my armor system to really matter, so that it feels like, "Oh, armor really matters." If I if I don't have the armor, then I'm just going to be hit every single time, and then I like, it's 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 not going to be fun. But then there's also ways to get to circumvent, like get past the armor. Using like abilities or like cer- certain types of weapons, cer- certain types of like, like energy weapons and stuff like that. Because, you know, sci fi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah. What was I thinking? Um, oh, yeah. For creatures, I, I'm still not entirely sure what, how I want to handle armor. I've basically kind of just went with giving it a flat health bonus. Mm hmm. And then kind of like applying penalties for heavy armor, but it's very simple and probably more simple than I'd like it to be. But I don't know if the system can really handle much more complexity than that. I feel like having having it just stay simple um, would probably be good. I, I I would have to test it out like yeah. myself to give like a full a, a good synopsis for you. Yeah, one of the things I thought about doing was like um, basically giving armor types like creatures have. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some might have resistances and weaknesses, but then I realized that was really kind of annoying to keep track of. And then, you know, if you've got armor that has a lot of weaknesses, well, that's kind of a disadvantage. So kind of just started slapping resistances on as the main go-to for armor abilities do you have do you have metal creatures metal creatures yeah that's not a specific type but there there are creatures with metal on them Mm. but i think creatures like that would go under the um construct type most likely Mm. maybe the earth type if they're more natural so how about let's let's go over the the starting creatures that that players can get. Okay, yeah. Um, let's see. Let's see if I can bring up the right document for that. And there we go. Oh yeah, we start. We got a basic um you know, water, plant, fire, trio, like Pokemon. Mm -hmm. But I've also got, like, kind of a secondary trio, which is 
meant to represent more like the local wildlife. And though the water plant fire is basically like creatures that have been imported from somewhere else and they're kind of domesticated. So you've got global, which is basically just a blob. (laughs) That's actually something I've thought a lot about is how to make blobs look interesting and unique. Yeah. I really like blobs. I I really like your artwork for these things. It's so great. (laughs) Well, global is just a grumpy bubble. Um, (laughs) The semi-solid blob of liquid, little grumpy Demeter. He's <laughs> kind of the tank of the first group. Oh, really? Which, yeah, he's his whole idea is that he's squishy and flexible. So if he gets hit, he just jiggles and wiggles, and it doesn't really affect him. And as he um, goes up through the uh, metamorphosis, he basically turns into a big humanoid blob, a big buff blob man basically and so his whole thing is basically like keeping enemies engaged with him and soaking up damage and that's his whole shtick and he then is he also a tank. Has, yeah <laughs> he also has some uh, mobility ability to kind of slip and slide around and get to where he needs to be mm-hmm. you know provide look provide positioning bonuses to his allies and stuff then you got Flowsy, which is the plant one. He's basically a wizard with a flower around his uh, neck and berries. Yeah. And, you know, through his metamorphosis, he becomes like a, basically like a Jurassic Park Dilophosaur, which oh, is yeah, not, an accurate Dilophosaur, but <laughs> <laughs> so the, the leaves on his, or the petals on his flower become like the, um, I don't know what you'd call that. The uh, hood that pops out when he's like spraying poison. Mm-hmm. Of course, he has a spitter class for the poison part. That's kind of a tertiary ability of his. But then he's also got the ability to like, uh, he basically has like solar beam type of stuff he can photosynthesize. And then he's also able to swap between like, uh, melee and ranged combat to some extent he can attack in melee with his flower class so basically slashing with petals and stuff and then he's also got like pollen spray abilities in addition to like the poison spitting and stuff like that so he's kind of based around the idea of a mobile attacker that can kind of adapt then you've got Torkish, which is kind of like a, he's a little uh, kind of tiki torch looking dude. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> I, I think he's my favorite, my favorite out of, out of them. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's, he's a little guy with a flaming head and his basic gist is that he's a glass cannon. He doesn't like to be in melee at all. He's not very good at it. But he's got, like, the highest damage rating or, well, attack stat for out of pretty much any of the um, the basic creatures you can start out with. 
but he's got a little bit of durability. He has the Golem class, which is a construct type. Mm. So that lets him get some uh, melee ability and some survivability if you want to get that. And then, you know, as he metamorphoses, that he just he basically just becomes bigger and a little buffer. Then we got the secondary ones, the the undead, martial, and the psionic. This is this is basically the exact same weakness and resistance setup as the water, plant, and fire. Hmm. So you got cheapy, which is basically a scary vampire chick. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure how I came up with this idea, but I think it started with the maximum of the highest metamorphosis because mm-hmm. he's, he's a little more vampire. But his whole thing is that he's kind of like a, I don't know, a gothy opera singer almost when <laughs> he has like a, a supernatural, uh, I don't know what do you call it when the when roosters do their crow at the morning. I guess the cock crows at yeah. dawn. <laughs> That's the idea, except it replaced dawn with midnight. Oh, <laughs> and uh, you don't want to be yeah. out at midnight. <laughs> no, you don't. The that actually sheepies. sounds like a like a fun little like session, like planned out session. Like yeah. the players go out at, at midnight, like because they. Oh, we heard we heard some noises out, out in the in the darkness. We so, some of our chicks got got eaten. We don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah, like a lot of the creatures have little kind of niches like that that I tried to work in. Mm-hmm. But these guys, yeah, they their main shtick is that they they have a terrifying shriek or cry like a crow i guess so they have powers that are very focused on yeah kind of control i guess mm-hmm. but then they also have the ability to like attack with their beaks and stuff so they're kind of, they can kind of push people away with the fear abilities and then charge them to strike in order to keep them from, you know, getting mixed up too much in melee. Mm. And then, of course, they got vampire abilities to go along with the undead stuff. And at first, I didn't really uh, design them with that way, but I went back and redesigned the whole line later on and I decided to give them like little fangs on their beaks to represent that. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, we're always changing things up a little bit as we like to notice things that don't really matter. But anyways, next one is the martial type. This is Arbo. He's basically a martial arts squirrel. And he's called Arbo because it's just a it's just taken from arboreal. He hangs out in trees. <laughs> and, you know, as he as he metamorphoses, he gets bigger and more buff, basically. And also, one thing I like about the, the design on this guy is his head 
is made to look like an acorn. Yeah, that's why I was. That's why I thought it was. I was like, I was like, what does that look like? And the the thing is, I've I found this genius not to toot my own horn or not, but he is simultaneously an acorn, a squirrel, and an Asian stereotype. All in one. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm pretty proud of those designs. You and chose each Marshall. Stage of the yeah, each stage of the metamorphosis is based on a different kind of acorn with their hairstyles. Oh. <laughs> so I'm pretty happy with the way they turned out. <laughs> Anyways, this guy is kind of the a tough damage dealing melee guy. He can kind of take take hits and dish them out both. So he's very much into the um engaging in melee and that's yeah it's pretty straightforward i guess there's yeah. not much to say about it well he's also got a beast class oh really like this second trio they all have a, a like beast a... class is like a tertiary okay so beast is kind of like the um creature's equivalent of a normal type i found it more flavorful and entertain meaningful if it, we just called them beast yeah. So he's got the scamp class, which basically gives him some mobility to go with his um, melee stuff. So he's he's actually a lot like Cheapy, but more or not Cheapy Global. He's like a more damage heavy Global. Mm. And then last but not least, we got Psychic, the Psionic type, and. I went with psionic instead of psychic because, you know, it's more of a D&D thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, this is just a, a a little kitten, and he's purple, and he has a little gem on his forehead. And he's very cute, and he's potentially deadly because <laughs> uh, they're, the main thing they like to do is teleport. And, you know... Uh, if you combine a cat with the ability to teleport, um, lots of things end up off of shelves or off <laughs> <Yeah>. of cliffs <laughs> <laughs> or off of tree branches. But uh, yeah, his whole thing is he's very mobile and he's very difficult to pin down and he to attack from the range. But he's also got the beast class of the the stalker, which is based on like predatory cats and stuff. Hmm. And so he can, it gives him some extra like mobility, but also it gives him some ability to fight in melee. Mm -hmm. And so he's not completely useless. And as he metamorphoses, the little gem on his forehead grows into an actual crystal horn. Oh, really? And he basically becomes a purple tiger at his maximum. Oh, level. wait have you have you posted that that on a uh, on mines? I think so. I think I've posted all of these at some point or another. I'd have to find it. I got to go all the way back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was probably a long time ago. I don't know. <clears throat> but uh. Yeah, they all have their, their little out-of-combat abilities, too. Like, mm -hmm. one of the things I've been trying to do is to give 
creatures, little things that help out in role playing. So they're not just something that you break out during combat and then fight and then they go back right back into their little crystals. And they actually have like a use and some role playing benefit. So like with Psychit, he can teleport so he can get to all kinds of different places that you can normally get to. And Arbo has super strength, so he can break things down and stuff. Cheapy has night vision, and he's scary, so other creatures don't like to be around him and will try to avoid him, which might be helpful if you're trying to avoid wild encounters. Mm -hmm. And then Torkish, of course, he's got fire, (laughs) which is useful in any situation, pretty much. You know, Flousy grows food every day. And then Global is a blob that can just go wherever he wants because he can squish down and seep through cracks and all that. So he's got, they got little things that you can use and kind of creative ways if you've got the players that will actually do that. Well, damn. That. I really want to play. <laughs> so if you ever need if you ever need another player, <laughs> uh, one of these days I might grab a, a few together and um, try out the beginner module on my channel. So I'll I'll uh, keep you in mind if I get that together. I I am totally down. I am totally down. <laughs> even even if it's just for one one session. I'm- I want. I want to. I want to go and explore with with my psych. <laughs> my, with my psychic. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, dice bag. Thank you for coming on to the podcast. Uh, if if you have anything to kind of shout out, like any any, any places that we uh, my audience can find you. Uh, pff, uh, if you're not sure if I'm somewhere, just search for uh, Dice Bag or Dice Bag Games or Dice Baggery with two Gs. But I'm mostly on Mines. I'll I'll, I'll make sure pretty. to link link your Mines account, um, and also yeah. your World Anvil as well, so that you, oh yeah, so that, that too. People, people well. can see the creatures. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to stop using that pretty soon really? because, or at least not so much. Because uh, I'm launching the subscribe star. Oh yes, yes. I guess I, sh- I guess I should plug that too. So I got to make some some of the stuff exclusive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got to find a <laughs> so way I, to to yeah. make make money off of it. Yeah, and the way World Anvil works is you have to like buy a really expensive uh, subscription plan to have like any kind of exclusivity to it. So oh. I'm not going to be able to really use that in conjunction with the subscribe star as much. So it's basically just going to be public information there. But other than that, everything's going to be coming out on 2-22-2022. Which is in like five days. (laughs) Five days, yeah. I don't have much time to finish, but I I think I'll be able to do it. (laughs) Yeah, I I know that feeling. I know that feeling. Um. (laughs) But like honestly, this this is great. I I really wanted to kind of dive deep into into creatures, and and I think we did just that. Um, 
And I also like I'm I'm excited to play the beginner module, and <laughs> and I thank you for coming on to the podcast. Yeah, no problem. Maybe I can have you on my channel sometime. Of course, of course. I, I I'd be I'd be more than happy to to come on and and talk more tabletop RPGs. <laughs> I talk more world building too, and and all that stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Again. Mm-hmm. I thank you for listening to our conversation. If you'd like to hear more guest entries like this one, go over and become a free member at OrthianianAnthologies.com to not miss another episode like this. And if you're interested in becoming a guest yourself, you can fill out an entry form at the site's homepage. Until next time, travelers, be safe. Stay safe. And if death comes to you, May you be reborn in power. <laughs>